Hi, I'm Joel. This is Creativity Pulse, a podcast where we dive into the cool waters of creativity and cruise around some creative thinking, evolution of ideas, and innovation that currently exists in a variety of industries and businesses, big and small. For those of you just joining us, there are two weekly episodes, the first with a guest and a second weekly roundup. This links the week's conversation to some creativity stuff. It includes some practical hints to help you exercise, flex, and build your creative mental muscle. Here we are on the Creativity Pulse, and I'm back with the second part of a three-part series. I've been talking with Jorge and Tunis Vega. Jorge is originally from Argentina, and at the moment he's at Cambridge University studying for a master's degree. We'll join the conversation straight away. I tend to agree. I went into business after university, did a number of things, progressed into business consulting, and uh, then left and went into education, which is where I met you. And about a year ago, I decided that I wanted to, again, change direction and sort of went and created my own sort of business. I've been transitioning technically minded people into people management, where Technically minded people have solutions that are sort of very defined. So how to fix a laptop, how to fix a car, how to manage a particular, say, IT network. There are particular frameworks and systems and processes that you sort of go through. And all of a sudden they're put in charge of 20 people. And none of those people react in the way that they actually anticipate them reacting. They're all emotional. They're all highly ambitious or not ambitious at all. They all want different things and react at different times during the diff- during different days and you know times of the day. So, do you see yourself as more sort of technically minded with regards to the economics, or do you see yourself more sort of behavioral economics, Dan, a really sort of type? I really like behavioral economics. I mean, personally, I want to get into politics, so I can't be that, like, I, I I need to have, like, a sense of what people want. So in my personal regard, uh, understanding people is the most important thing. Um, because at the end of the day, politicians should serve the people. Uh, and in that scenario, I think economics is sometimes a bit very, like, data-driven when in reality it should be um, more of like social driven. And it's, it's kind of interesting because um, people's behaviors, even though they're reflected in data, they do so in really a biased way. Um, so it's really important to consider both. Um, and I really, because I'm taking two development economics modules now, one in the economics department and one in the politics department. And it's really interesting because in the econ department, data is everything. So, if, and statistic, like st- statistics probability, it's if they don't fit the model, then they're out. While in, in the politics department, basically, it's uh, you see both um, how um, our behavior is sometimes correlated with the data, but not there's no causation. So I think we should be very careful with that. And and I think that's a very 
uh, interesting thing in politics because most, uh, I mean, like famous technocrats, um, as there are so many in, in Britain, uh, sometimes don't distinguish the difference between uh, people and data. And I think that's, that's a very, very important issue. Interesting. Uh, technocrats. Do you think South America suffers from large amounts of technocrats or do they claim to be sort of all for the people? I mean, I think, honestly, in Latin America, a few technocrats would probably come in handy because politicians in Latin America lack lots of education in general. But I think uh, we shouldn't like overemphasize the role of technocrats. At the end of the day, um, uh, social skills are the most important and analyzing uh, what people need. That's the, the main issue. So I don't know. Sometimes I think about some technocrats that were in power. If we think of Chile in the 1980s and 1990s, for example, and the economic disaster Chile suffers nowadays is because of the lingering effects caused by those technocrats and the so-called Chicago boys. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very, very difficult. There's, I think there's a balance between actually like being a technocrat and actually uh, understanding people. And I think most nations are failing in, in having use of such people. It's strange when you look at the, I always find that there's a difference between sort of what's said, what paperwork's there and actually what's done. And every country in the world says two things are the most important. And I remember talking endlessly with uh, yourself about this and Jacques as well, that education and healthcare are the key for anything to happen in a country. You have to have healthy people and you have to have people who can use their brains. And you said earlier that Latin America has to be, people in Latin America have to be really inventive just to be able to sort of survive effectively. Do you feel that the education systems and the healthcare systems have served them well or are sort of failing in a way? Uh, and the specific case of Argentina, honestly, I should recognize that it's an anomaly because even though it's not as it used to be 40, 50 years ago, we have a pretty good public education, especially tertiary education, and the public healthcare system compared to other developing countries is really good. Um, but I think it's starting to fail, absolutely. Um, and one of the main issues with the, the education system in Argentina right now is that it's not um, innovating itself. Um, people are still like in a history exam, for example, you still used to like say like specific dates and spend hours and hours and hours actually remembering that no one cares anymore or that with a quick search you can find them out. So I think um, it's starting to fail, but comparatively speaking, it's really, really strong. Um, I mean, if we go to Peru, for example, that's a completely different issue. Um, well, I know Argentina years ago used to be one of the wealthiest uh, countries in the world. I think it was ranked eighth at one particular point um, 60 to 80 years ago. Um, that's obviously reflective of uh, people who are highly globalized and also clever. 
You know, you, you might look at the economic data and think, okay, there's obviously a lack of education, a lack of healthcare, a lack of sort of understanding of how the world works. And it, you know, Argentina's far from it. Uh, so there must be a lot of hope in Argentina that Argentina can jump back up the rankings again. Do you think that, here's my question to you. Do you think that young people in Argentina feel that way about the future of Argentina? that it can be in the top 10 again with regards to certainly economically influential countries, but obviously influential in very many other ways? Um, I think the minority, unfortunately, the minority of people think that way. Um, I think now there's a massive trend of like people actually going. There's a massive dr brain drain in Argentina at the moment, uh, with each day the most like educated people actually leave uh, for good. And I think that's a pity. And I mean, there are very little people like me that actually like having studied here want to go back as soon as they finish their program. And but yeah, unfortunately, that's not the reality Argentina lives at the moment. Uh, but hopefully uh, it changes and I can help change that reality. I know I grew up in Houston and New York uh, in the sort of 70s and early 80s. And the reason I ended up as an English kid in Houston and then New York was the brain drain of the UK in the 70s. So I sort of grew up for most of the 70s in New York and Houston, as I say. And uh, most people don't go home again. They marry local men, women, they buy houses, cars, get jobs, buy a house, and their kids grow up in whatever country they've gone to. I know China suffered a brain drain. India suffered a brain drain. Do you think this is part of an economic cycle that eventually as those countries, their home countries, so to speak, get back on track, that people return? I think in most countries, it's a cycle. I, I mean, in the specific case of the UK, for example, I think from what I'm talking to my English friends, they all want to leave to the US. So I think it might be the beginning of a British brain drain. But in the case of Argentina, it's quite different because we've had a really tr long brain drain and that has a devastating effect on the country. Because I mean, like we've been in economic crisis for, I don't know, like past 50 years. Um, I actually don't know how living not living in an economic crisis it. and even now that i come to the uk it's an economic crisis so it's with me all the time welcome to brexit and obviously the covid effect as well do you i mean obviously covid is let me sort of start that again we my family and i we left in 2019 due to the uh, economic crisis that was about to happen. Um, Mauricio Macri was in. Um, we didn't know who was going to take over as president, but you could sort of see the writing on the wall that it wasn't looking particularly good for Mr. Macri. Um, and then, you know, to our shock horror, we still have friends living in Buenos Aires, beautiful city, by the way. And they, they're still living there. And they just said, you know, look, COVID came along and, sort of knocked us, you know, off our knees, almost onto our backsides. Has Argent, you've been back there recently, I know. Do you see still the effects of the pandemic on Argentina? 
I see the effect of the pandemic in Argentina, but I honestly I notice them more in the UK than in Argentina. I think uh, Latin America in general has quickly recovered in lots of in many respects. Um, but I think Argentina, this is an important year for Argentina because it's about it's about to turn. The tide is going to turn for the good, hopefully. And hope. I mean, I really hope it's the beginning of the end of this so so long like such a long economic crisis i think that the world needs latin america to sort of get off its knees effectively economically and uh sort of join the the ranks of where it should be you know producing huge amounts it's got massive amounts of resources it's got you know potentially you know hundreds of millions of really clever, naturally inventive and creative people. Um, Who do you see, Argentina, Mexico and Brazil are the top three economies. Do you see any big difference between the three of those and who might sort of get there first? Well, actually, no. Colombia is more economically important than Argentina, surprisingly. So we've been on the decline for too long now. But but I think Brazil is, is a completely different world. Both Brazil and Mexico, I mean, Sao Paulo and and uh, Mexico DF have become such massive tech hubs. Even most bank, the, lots of banks from the US actually moved to Mexico uh, because of tax reasons. And um, it's growing in constant rates. And the case of Brazil is, I think, even more impressive because it's a more like sustained form of economic development. Um even though you could claim that um, environment-wise it was quite catastrophic. Uh, Sao Paulo has grown into one of the most important tech capitals in the world. And many Brazilians who live abroad, like their usual like path is to go back and create something. And I don't see that yet in Argentina, at least. So that's why I told you Pier Paolo Barbieri is quite a figure, in my opinion. Well, that's good news that Brazil is sort of setting a precedent anyway for, look, if you're abroad, you know, come back. If you're in Argentine, the Argentine economy is beginning to bubble away, you know, please come home. Um, one of the things that I found about Argentina, I've lived in Argentina, Brazil and in Mexico, and they're all fascinating countries with you know, they're beautiful, they've got wonderful beaches, massive amounts of resources, they've got huge amounts of agriculture, but they are also now beginning to produce some really good tech companies, some really good banks. Um, I was with BBVA. I still, in fact, have an account with them. Um, it's The banking system is still one thing that's getting in the way of its uh, the, the region's economic uh, success in that respect. So as a politician, you may need to do something about that. But I've got a number of questions here for you. Going back to what you said about Colombia, why Colombia? Why has Colombia overtaken Argentina? Why Colombia specifically? Well, to begin with, um, I think I'm quite sure there are more Colombians than Argentinians. So I would say one's population that has grown at a much faster rate than the Argentine. One has done. Uh, second, I think Colombia has managed to to overcome its difficult uh, path, like past, and the one I, I mean, I'm talking about Las Farc and the Capo 
a couple of regimes that were quite um, that results in lots lots of bloodshed. But I don't know. I actually don't know. I have lots of Colombian friends, and they plan to go back to Colombia. And my Argentinian friends, they just want to leave, even the ones who are in Argentina. So, so I don't know if there is a specific underlying reason. Probably Colombian politics are much more stable than they are in Argentina, even though now it's not the best of times in Colombia. Um, yeah, I think I think people in Argentina are just tired. There is a sense of tiredness in general. Um, so people like my parents, for example, they no longer live in Argentina um, because they no longer want to be like they don't see much future, so they kind of like struggling, and the idea of me going back to Argentina, um, which is quite interesting. Um, so there's more of a psychological battle going on in Argentina than one would imagine, sort of dealing with its past. I think, is, it, is that a fair comment? I think Argentinians like to believe, I mean, I'm convinced Argentina is the best country in the world. And me saying that is part of the problem and uh, not recognizing our problems. Um, uh, so I'm, I mean, I think we have had a glorious past a hundred years ago, which is no longer even close of our reality right now. So um, not actually uh, distinguishing our like state at the moment is, is a problem. So, of course, that brings a lot of of disenchantment in the general population. Um, so, uh, going back to what we, we talked about previously is that we don't recognize that we need to build block by block. We think the, the tower is already constructed or it's probably been demolished a couple of times. Um, so, it, it, yeah. Well, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week. Don't forget to have a look at the website. You'll find some stuff to help you develop your creative abilities. I'm Joel. Who are you? Where do you come from? And what do you do?